0: We're gonna have some fun this morning. A little different topic. Uh, there, it's not a typo in your bulletin. We're gonna talk about the spitting miracles. Uh, a few years ago, my uh, my professor and friend, uh, Dr. Leonard Sweet, wrote a book called "The Bad Habits of Jesus," where he talked about all these things that Jesus did that were uh, not sinful, but but were certainly not the social norms that he hang, hung out with children. He hung out with women, and he didn't follow all the rules, and he procrastinated, and he liked to party. But my favorite chapter in that book was chapter one, and it was titled, Jesus Spit. Did you know that Jesus spit? Spitting is gross. It's rude, and it was in those days, too. In in fact, it's so gross, except for baseball players, right? I don't understand... (laughs) Baseball players are allowed to do it, but it, but I even thought about just spitting right now off the off of the trailer just to show everybody. Like that would be not good, right? I am gonna not do that. But still, <laughs> in those days too, you weren't supposed to spit, and and spitting on someone is even worse. In Job thirty, it says, uh, "They abhor me; they keep aloof from me; they do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me." Like the spit is is rude. Uh, to, to spit at someone is a sign of contempt. There's a grossness to spitting. And yet on three different occasions Jesus spit and he spit in a, in a process of healing someone okay as part of a miracle. And so today we're gonna we're going to look at these three spitting miracles and and, uh, and we, we have this tendency when we read the scripture to try to sanitize it, like we would say, like, like almost, if we wouldn't do it in church, then Jesus probably never did it. Well, I got to you. there's a whole bunch of stuff Jesus did that we wouldn't do in church, but he did it anyway. And so part of what we have to do is train our eyes, because sometimes those things that we try to explain away or ignore that, that, that might shock or offend us, are there to shock and offend us. Like, that's why they're there. And so today we're going to look at the three times that Jesus spit, so here we go. The first one comes from Mark 7. Mark 7, I'm starting in verse 31. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting touched his tongue. There's no such thing as COVID in those days. (laughs) So he touched his tongue. He looking to heaven, he sighed and said to him, "Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were open and his tongue was released. And he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute to speak. So a man is brought before Jesus who is deaf and has a speech impediment. Those often go together. If you've ever been around somebody who's deaf, they often have trouble speaking because they can't hear the sounds they're making or hear what other sounds are supposed to be sound like. And so this is a person who is deaf and also has a speech impediment. He can't speak. Jesus pulls him aside privately, touches his ears, spits and touches the man's tongue. Now, this is one of those moments I really wish the Bible gave a little more detail, right? Like, what exactly is the order of this? Does Jesus spit on his fingers? Does he spit on the ground? Does he spit before the touching of the ears? In which case, this would be the first and only healing by wet willy. (laughs) Or does he spit on his fingers and then touch the man's tongue? Does he spit on the man's tongue? I mean, we're not real clear on exactly how this works. But what we can assume is it's not normal. It's weird. It's strange. I'll prove it to you. I'll, how about I come out there, or maybe I'll just turn to Maureen and I'll stick my finger in her ears <laughs> and I'll touch her tongue. I'll even leave out the spitting part because of COVID. No, it's weird. It's strange. It's awkward. And it was awkward then, too. And and in those days they didn't know a lot about, about illnesses and the way things worked, and so they didn't know what was contagious and what was not contagious. So when Jesus goes to touch this person's tongue, when he goes to touch this person's ear, there's a question of, Well, you better not touch your ears. You don't know if you might get what this person has. It's awkward. But it works. Jesus prays to the heavens and says, be opened. And there's, there's maybe kind of a double meaning there, because the guy's ears are opened. But also, where's Jesus looking? He's looking to the heavens. So he may also be saying that the heavens be opened, and opened to this man. And that's where the healing comes from. But suddenly he can hear, suddenly he can speak, and suddenly the crowd is amazed. Maybe a little freaked out, maybe a little grossed out, but amazed nonetheless. Now, in the next chapter of Mark, in Mark 8, starting in verse 22, there's actually another spitting miracle. So this is really close together with the other one. And, and if you listen, it has some similarities in the way it's laid out. So here we go. And they came to Bethsaida and some people brought him a blind man and begged him to touch him and a blind. He, and he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His eyesight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him home saying, do not enter the village. Now, again, we, we tend to glaze over the story. Sometimes when you read your Bible, one of the best things to do is to try to picture it like a movie. Okay, so try to play the scene out as what it might look like. So, so let's play that out. They're, they're at the city of Bethsaida, which is near Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee, on the North Shore. And people bring a man to Jesus. This time, it's a blind man, but it's a similar thing. They bring him a man, and they say, okay, we need you to heal this man. And Jesus pulls him off privately then Jesus spit on his eyes and laid hands on him. Now, again, I wish the Bible was a little clearer here. In particular, how does Jesus spit on this man's eyes, right? Does he just spit and spits a few times till he gets it? Is Jesus, as a perfect human being, just have amazing accuracy with his spit? So he's like a camel or a llama, ptoo ptoo gets him. No, more likely, this man has to get on his knees or lay down on the ground And jesus spits into his eyes then he rubs his eyes is it gross yeah it's gross it was gross then too it was gross for the man it was gross for everybody here it was really gross for the next person in line for a miracle right like okay i'll pass right can we do surgery or something i don't want to go through that the other interesting part of the miracle of course is that he's only partially healed isn't that strange in the story? that, that uh, Here's this man. He, he gets, Jesus spits in his eyes. Okay, There's a shock of that, right? And then rubs his eyes. Again, when was the last time anybody had touched this man's eyes? In his whole life, had anybody touched his eyes for fear of actually getting whatever he had? And then, he, what does he say? He says, I see men walking around like trees. Well, that's an interesting phrase. How does he know what trees look like? This is a person who was not always blind. This is a person who was not born blind, but actually, in the text says, he regains his sight. That means he lost it at some time. And in those days, there were a bunch of ways that you could lose your sight. There's lots of ways today that you can have a minor surgery to fix something that would make you blind, but in those days, they didn't have those surgeries. So Jesus lays his hands on the man again, and then his, his sight is, according to the text, restored so Jesus heals him albeit by spitting albeit it's taking a second try did you know it took Jesus two tries on this one what's up with that why does he have to spit on the man let's come back to the how in a little bit now, in the Gospel of Mark, these two stories are clearly connected. Did you catch all that? Not only is there spit, there's also a man who's brought to, the, to Jesus. They want him to lay his hands. They take him off privately. And then at the end, he tells them not to tell anybody or not to go into town and tell anybody. But the real link between these stories comes a couple of verses before the second one. So in between them, in Mark eight seventeen and 18, and this is what it says. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, there are these people sort of doubting what he is and who he he is and what he's doing. They say, why, he says, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? And here's the good part. Having eyes do you not see and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? So in between this, Jesus talks to these people who are doubting his miracles. So in between healing uh, a deaf mute and a blind man Jesus says hey, you, have no, you have eyes you don't see you have, you have ears you don't hear in other words it's not just these two men, Th- these two men aren't the only deaf and blind people in the group hey, you, you guys are actually missing a lot of this too there are some of you that are spiritually deaf spiritually blind and the way you're talking you are spiritually mute because you were talking nonsense about who I am and so these two stories don't just don't just shape these two men but start to shape the community around them and around their understanding of who Jesus is but but some of the people are just so blind and so deaf spiritually that they can't make sense of Jesus because he's not what they expect so these these, there's these two stories in mark and then there's one in the gospel of John so we're in John now John 9 and notice, this was a man born blind from birth. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It is not that this man sinned or his parents, or that the works, of, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me uh, while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So now let's play the story out again like a movie, but this time let's put yourself in the movie. Let's imagine that you are this blind man. You've been blind since birth. You have never seen anything. You don't even quite know what you're missing because it's all you've ever known. To be born blind means either it's likely you're either born without eyeballs, which can happen, or even more likely born without the nerve connections between the eyeball and the brain. And so there's, there's not even a chance that you're going to see because there's, there's no wiring there to make it work ailments like this would be seen as a curse. You would be forced to beg for your life. You'd be an outcast in the community. And you probably would live your entire life wondering the thing that we've all wondered. Why me? What did I do? Or the question that parents have asked. What did I do? What did I do to have my kids go through this? And the crowd wonders it too. They're walking along, they pass by you, and they ask Jesus the question, you know, who sinned? And you don't know who's walking by. You can't see him. Maybe you've heard rumors. You're, you're in Jerusalem. So so maybe you've heard rumors of this Jesus, this healing one, this rabbi, but, but you don't know even that it's him. But the man answers the question that it wasn't you or your parents. But it happened so that God's power would be displayed. Then... Spits in front of you. Well, fine. People have been spitting at you your whole life. But again, this man spits, makes mud. You've you got to pause and you got to think through the movie a little bit. Where is this story happening? In Jerusalem, in Israel. Is that a wet or a dry climate? Dry. It's very dry. So, let me ask you this. How much spit... Would it take to make enough mud to cover somebody's eyes? Do you think it's just a little... No. Jesus has got to spit a lot to make mud. Follow the story. Follow the story. He's got to spit a lot. I mean, and his mouth is probably dry. He's probably got to work at this a little bit. He's got to spit a few times. He's got to bring it up and really get it going. Is it gross? Yeah, it's gross. But it's the story follow the story so this man begins to spit in front of you and then starts to touch your eyes again when's the last time someone touched your eyes and you can feel a coolness he's putting something on your eyes is he putting that spit is that mud what is that man this guy must really hate blind beggars then when the shower of spit is over and he puts the mud on your eyes He tells you to go wash in the pool of Siloam. The pool of Siloam is in the city of David on the south part of the city. Some of you have actually been to where they've dug up part of that pool. Now again, why didn't Jesus just heal him there? Why send him to wash? I don't know, but he does. And if you follow the story along, the people get very upset at what Jesus has done. I mean, here's a man who's never seen, blind from birth, For Jesus to heal him, he has to either be recreating eyeballs or recreating nerve connections between the eyeballs and the brain. Okay? This is a major, major miracle. And yet what the religious leadership, the religious elite of Jerusalem get mad about is that Jesus worked on a Sunday. Why? He made mud. He made mud. You can't make anything. It's Sunday. He made mud and then he went and told the guy to go wash. You're not allowed to go anywhere and do something like wash. That's work too. So he told somebody else to work. They're so blinded by their expectations of the rules Jesus is supposed to follow. They're so distracted by how Jesus does the miracle and when Jesus does the miracle that they miss the miracle. They miss what Jesus has done. So let's consider all three of these stories and what they might teach us. We must begin our analysis with the biggest question. Why in the world does Jesus heal with spitting? Like, let's just start there. What is Jesus doing? He doesn't always heal this way. And why on the Sabbath? Why spit? Why the wet willy? Why a partial healing and not a whole healing? Jesus heals somebody who just touches his garment without him knowing. Why doesn't he just pass his garment around? He heals somebody where he's not even near them. Other times he lays his hands on people. Other times he just speaks to people. You start reading the story, what you find is Jesus has all kinds of ways of healing. And what you, you, must, you, you must start to acknowledge that Jesus is doing this on purpose. He is intentionally healing in a bunch of different ways. And that should cause us to think about a number of things. So lesson number one from the spitting miracles. There's no normal with Jesus. There's no pattern of, of how Jesus works. He's not concerned with your normal, your expectations. He is unpredictable. He often disappoints in how he, how and when he answers our prayers. I've watched many Christians get upset with God because God doesn't do what he wanted them to do. And all I can say is when I read the Bible, I find that Jesus doesn't ever do what anybody wants him to do. <laughs> Maybe that should be the expectation. We should stop expecting What we think jesus should do and go ahead and trust him for the timing and the how lesson number two we must understand what jesus is doing this is so important for understanding jesus's healing ministry that jesus is never healing the illness he's never healing the sickness he's never healing the blindness he is always healing the person he is always healing the person he not only wants to restore the sight to the blind man, but he wants to help him put his life back together. He doesn't just mend, he wants to mind, mend the mind and the spirit as well as the body. That's why I think Jesus sometimes touches, he sometimes lets the person go wash so they can feel some agency in the, in the process. Sometimes, um, you know, touches his ears and, and touches those places where maybe he felt he was cursed. I think Jesus is always healing the person. I don't always know why exactly he does it the way he does, but I do know that it's really hard for a lot of us as Christians to accept it. Because I go to Jesus and I say, Jesus, fix this. And Jesus will say, yeah, but I also want to fix your patience and your trust. And I go, no, Jesus, stay in your lane. I want you to fix this. I want you to heal this. But Jesus is not interested in just healing this. And I have watched many a Christian who God didn't fix this. And they got bitter about this and missed all the other ways that god wanted to heal them through the process because they were like no god fix this i don't want to talk about that this thing that happened in my past i don't want to deal with that i don't want to deal with this thing going on in my heart and jesus is always fixing the person not the illness and so that's why he doesn't follow patterns because he does it different for every one of us so that he heals us not just the ailment not just the one challenge He's trying to heal our hearts and our minds. And so I think somehow Jesus must know exactly what these blind and deaf and and woman who's bleeding and all these people he touches, I think he knows exactly what they need. I think that's how he is in our life. We've just got to be able to be willing to trust that that's what he's doing. Now, lesson number three, I think sometimes Jesus is also healing the people around the infirmed. So we're, we get so fixated on our thing and don't realize that sometimes what God's doing in our life is actually also for the benefit of those who are watching us suffer or go through what we're going through, right? That Jesus heals on the Sabbath and makes mud on purpose to tick off some of the other people that need adjustment, right? He heals this blind man and this uh, this deaf man with mud. Why? So that the blind and deaf in the crowd can start to hear who he is, that a lot of times Jesus heals so that he can heal the other people around us in some way. So sometimes he doesn't do what we want him to do, but it's because he has a larger purpose in the healing. And sometimes we miss it as Christians because we're so fixated on our ailment problem illness. Sometimes when one is healed, the community is healed. Lesson number four is that healing is messy. It's dirty. It's gross. It's gross. You ever had God spit on something you didn't want Him messing with? You ever had God touch you, poke you in a place where you were like, Ah, God, that hurts. I don't want you there. I've been hiding that wound for a long time. I don't want to deal with it. I would rather Jesus not poke around in my heart. I would rather not get spitty or muddy sometimes. And when we as Christians are called to be healing agents for one another and to care for one another in community, guess what? It gets messy. You get spit on Sometimes. You get poked. It's uncomfortable and it's challenging. But we've also got to remember, lesson number five, where true healing comes from. See, there are two other incidences of spitting in Mark. There's actually two other times where there's spit mentioned in Mark. Mark 14. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and strike him, saying to him, Prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. And then in Mark 15. And they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. So in Mark, twice it's mentioned that Jesus is spit on in contempt. This fulfills fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah 50, verse 6, which says, I gave my back to those who strike, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. See, the ultimate healing comes from Jesus who was spit on, who went through all of this for us. He was spit on, he was mocked, he endured the the indecency of the cross and raised victorious so that he could heal us, so that he could heal those around us. So may God open your eyes to see. May God open your ears to hear even if he has to spit so that you don't miss who he is, what he has done, and what he's doing in your life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.